Well, Happy New Year, everyone. And if you're watching online, Happy New Year to you, too. And I am, uh, I'm excited for 2022. Anyone else? I am uh, excited. I feel tested in 2021. And I came out the other side stronger. I came out the other side a little skinnier, praise the Lord. And I came out the other side. I'm just excited for life. And I think that's what this world needs. Our world needs people who are excited for life. Steve Hage, I love, Steve Hage is so funny, but one of the things that he said that stuck out to me was, happy is the best evangelist. Just being happy. And I think that's even true for us, but that's not what I'm talking about today. But I, I want to share a message with you uh, about prayer and fasting. And to start it off, I want to, I love like magicians. No, I don't believe in magic. But I believe in like sleight of hand tricks, right? And so um, I just think they're so fascinating. I, I, what I say is like if you're a magician, you know, a street magician, and you always want people to be dramatic, right? You want like reactions. I say, I'm the guy that you want in the front row. Like, because like when I see a magic trip, I'm like freaking out. I am like going crazy, right? But I'm not, I'm not a magician. I don't know sleight of hand tricks. But I am good enough to trick my two and a half year old. And so the other day, um, I was, he was sitting on the counter and I had a quarter and, and you know, I did the whole thing where I hold, held the quarter up and I was like, see, I put it in my hand and he's like, you know, he thinks it's in this hand and I open it up and he opens it up and it's nothing in there and then I, behind his ear, I pulled up from behind his ear, he's freaking out. He's like, what? How did that happen? And then he's like, do it again, do it again. I think I did it nine or ten times where I'm just like over and over and every single time he laughs just as hard as the first time. But every magician or sleight of hand magician knows is that the trick of the, 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 the trick of the trick is that you need to get the attention off of the object. If you can get the, the person's attention on something else, then your other hand can move the object into place in order to make the trick work. And so it's not, they, they know this one truth, right? Is that humans can only focus on one thing at a time. Some people think they can multitask. No, you can't. You're just good at going back and forth. <laughs> so whatever has your attention has you. Funny thing is that the devil knows this trick as well. All he needs to do is distract you onto something that keeps your attention in order to deceive you and to manipulate you and to get you going in the wrong direction. And so all the devil has blatantly evil uh, deceptions such as, uh, such as witchcraft and such as sexual morality, such as alcoholism and addictions and, and all sorts of evil that plague our culture and our world. But there's less or you could say more subtle tactics such as politics, sports, social media, hobbies, and careers. And then he uses even more subtle strategies such as religion, friends, and food. Ultimately, the devil and his demons understand that if he can get our attention on the wrong thing, then he has us. Really, it's not a matter of, uh, it's not a matter of him uh, possessing us. It's a matter of him distracting us. Because any attention or any eye that's off of the Lord Jesus is off of the Lord Jesus. And if you are off, if our attention and our allegiance is off of the Lord Jesus, then it is, then it is by, the byproduct is on the world, or it's on the flesh, and it's on the material world that is ultimately going to waste away. 
And so as Christians, as people, as followers of Jesus, one of the primary goals and one of the primary purposes of our life is to keep our attention on Jesus and on the Holy Spirit. And it's, it seems simple, but it is, it, is the, it is the journey of the Christian life. Is to, is to rid ourselves of the material world and our allegiances to sin and to the flesh and to our world and to continue to strengthen our allegiance to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. This is not an easy task. It is called discipleship. And it is a journey that you will never not have to walk on this side of eternity. And so what the, the, the reality, though, of this world is that it's cursed and our human, our human humanity has sin. We have a sin nature that Jesus came to redeem and make us sons, but we ultimately have this sin nature that attaches us to the material world and to fleshly things, food and emotions and the, all the sexual desires that we have and emotional needs that we have. And so we're cursed, but the, the the thing about this material world is that the, the Bible teaches that Jesus on the cross, he said he made a public display of the devil. So the New Testament teaches that when Jesus went to the cross, he paid for our sins, but he, he made a public spectacle of the demonic realm, meaning that he defeated them once and for all, for all of humanity and every single person. So now, even though that the, the material world has influence on us, it only has influence on us as much as we allow it to have influence on us. And so whether that's sin or whether that's food or whether that's any temptation that we have, whether it's emotions, all of the things that are influencing us, we ultimately have the authority to triumph over those things in Christ. And what I want to talk to you about today is, that, is, is about prayer and fasting and how the power of the Holy Spirit can be experienced through prayer and fasting. That the power of the Holy Spirit can be experienced through prayer and fasting. So prayer and fasting, so we, as we kick off this Pray First Initiative 21 days, prayer and fasting, if you've decided what you're going to do, great. If not, this might be a kickstart for you to consider uh, praying and fasting for the, for the next 21 days with us as a church family. And so what praying and fasting does is it helps us to eliminate or to remove the distractions. It helps us to remove some of the distractions to keep our focus on Jesus and allow his power to fill our lives. So as, as, a, as a person, I, one of my passions is to not live a, a boring, bland Christian life, okay? Like I, I grew up in this amazing church, but ultimately when you grow up in church and you go through the motions and you're trying just to be a good person, it's like that is so not my goal. Like just to be a good person. That's like the world's goal is I just want to be a good person. I want my life to be filled with the power of God. I want my life to be so much more significant than, than it could ever be apart from God. I want my life to be filled with the testimonies of the goodness of Jesus. I want holiness and righteousness and purity to fill my life. I don't want to be one of those people. Sometimes Christians can have this weird humility where we're like, we walk into like a, our job or our, with a gym or wherever we go, school. School, and we're like, somebody says to us like, oh, I didn't even know you're a Christian. And we almost like put it as a badge of honor. Like, oh yeah, like I'm not super Christian. I'm like, why are we putting a badge of honor that nobody knows that we're a Christian? 
Like, why are we like, well, yeah, I blend in. <laughs> that's, that's something, yeah, I blended right into culture. That was a, that's something I should really brag about. But it's something that people do brag about because we want to be liked. I, I want to be liked too, but I want to be liked by him. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm liked by him, obviously, but I, I want to please him more than I fit in with culture. And so my life, my passion is to live a life that is holy or set apart from the rest of the world. Not so that I'm holier than thou, but so that when they look at my good works, they glorify my Father in heaven, right? But that can't happen apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not a good guy. I mean, in my sin, I am evil in my sin nature, but the Lord has redeemed me, gave me a new spirit, so now I'm alive to God so I can live a life that means something. I can live a life that has eternal implications. I don't just have to waste my time on this planet. I can actually live a life that makes an impact eternally. I don't want to waste my time and blend in. And so one of the stories, just testimonies in my life that kind of... I don't know, just, you know, you know, sometimes like you go through the, your life and then all of a sudden there's moments where it feels like God like takes his finger and he like pokes through all the material world and then he just like pokes you. You know what I'm talking about? Like where he's just like, he just like touches you and you're just like, oh my gosh, God's amazing. So I was on the, uh, so it's Sunday mornings when they're doing worship and then there's a prayer team up front and they call people up front for prayer. And so one of the day, one of the mornings, this is probably two years ago, um, they invited this up. So I go up there, I'm going to pray for people and I'm sitting there, I'm a little self-conscious because I think I had coffee. So I'm like, dang, I have coffee breath. This is awful. Nobody wants to have somebody have coffee breath when they're praying for you. All the faith leaves the room with coffee breath. You know what I'm talking about? And so like, I'm like a little self-conscious about that. And you know, the guy comes up and, and I'm a little self-conscious because the music's loud and I'm like, I got to yell in the ear. And you know what I mean? Like all these things going on through my head. And the guy comes up and he's like, hey, he's like, he's like I have a drug addiction to cocaine. And I'm like, you should probably get some help. <laughs> like, because in the moment, what I felt was there's no way just a prayer right now is going to solve. Like, that's kind of what I was feeling. I would never admit that, but that's the approach that I took to prayer. I'm not saying that's a good prayer or a good thing. I'm just showing you the reality of what I was thinking. And so he shows up. I'm like, wow, okay, I'm like, I'll pray for you, but here's my email. We probably need to follow up, get you into a program, help you get some counseling so you can overcome this thing, so you can save your family, your marriage, and your kids, because you're going to need a lot of help from us humans, you know what I mean? Like, because we're so good at fixing people that you need to come to us, and then we'll really help you, okay? And so, I'm being sarcastic. So, um, and so, he comes up, I pray for him, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm believing, but at the same time, I, in the back of my mind, I have a lot of doubt. And so I'm like, Jesus, so we just break this addiction in Jesus' name and help him to find a good counselor, you know, a good therapist. You know, I'm not, that's not how I prayed, but that's kind of what I felt like I was praying. And so I'm like, Jesus, but you're, you're bigger than all this and break this addiction in Jesus' name, right? I gave him my email, and then I didn't, never heard from him for three or four months. And then on another Sunday morning, three or four months later, he, I run into him in the hallway, and he's like, Jake. And I'm like, it's a big church, right? So I'm like, I know this face. I know this face. And he's like, you prayed for me. I'm like, okay, this is it. This is it. He's like, you'd never believe what happened. He says, the day that you prayed for me, my addiction left. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what? You know, you need, listen, this is not that you don't, this is not a testimony that you don't need faith. You need faith. But the, this testimony is to show that the power of the Holy Spirit is what we need. You don't need to have faith in your faith. You need to have faith 
in, the, in, in Jesus. And when you have faith with purity in Jesus, his power can rest on you in a way to be a bridge of, of healing and freedom to other people in your world. And after that testament, I'm really, I want more of that, like in my life. I want more of God flowing through my life. But here's the reality, is that the power of the Holy Spirit comes and in, in we are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit when we're in connection with him. It's not a force. It's not like Star Wars. It's not like a commissioning thing. It's not like a spell. There's no magic words. It's relationship with him that his power flows through us and into our lives. And so I want to limit all the distractions that the devil has for me in order for me to keep my focus on Jesus and the Holy Spirit in order for my life to be bigger than a normal, mundane, boring blending in life. Right? And so I believe that through prayer and fasting, we can experience this power of the Holy Spirit in a continual and in a, on the journey that we have in our lives. And without prayer and fasting, we, we are limited in how much we can experience the Holy Spirit. And so I want to share a quote with you from A.W. Tozer. He's a theologian. He says, I want the presence of God himself or I don't want anything to do or at all to do with religion. I want all that God has, or I don't want any. I want all that God has, or I don't want any. I'm going to, I'm going to skip to Exodus 33, verse 15. Moses is, is, is talking to God about the Israel people, and he makes this statement, which is, which is just incredible. Moses says to God himself, he says, and he said to him, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. The Israelite people had just sinned and God was angry and he was having this conversation with Moses about what he was going to do with the Israelite people and God was going to leave the Israelite people but he was going to send Moses and the blessing with him and Moses says this statement to God. He says, if you don't go with me, I don't want, I, I, you got to come with us. And this is, this, this is the mentality, this is the heartbeat that we all as Christians, that God deposits in us, that is all within us, but sometimes the flesh and fear and sin, sometimes a cloud that desire and shame and condemnation sometimes can uh, make us question that desire. But I believe deep down, if you're a Christian, that you have this desire implanted in your spirit, which is that God, I want all of you. If I can't have you, I don't want none of it at all. So the power of the Holy Spirit is experienced in times of prayer and fasting. So in Luke 4, 14, Jesus had just gone into the wilderness to fast and pray for 40 days. It says in, earlier in Luke, it says that he was led by the Holy Spirit to pray and fast. Some of you are all like, no, the Lord's never told me to pray and fast. Well, yes, yes, he has, okay? You just like your pizza. <laughs> you just like your cupcakes and your cookies and, and you just like all that food. And you're saying the Lord hasn't told me to fast. Yes, he has. Because the Bible tells us to fast. And so the Holy Spirit leads Jesus to fast for 40 days. And it says after he came out of his time of fasting, it says this in Luke 4.14. 4, 
Jesus entered or returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit and news about him spread throughout the entire countryside. So he goes in led by the Spirit to fast. After he fasts and is tempted, then he says he comes out by the power of the Holy Spirit. Meaning that in the process of fasting, God or the Holy Spirit's power rested on Jesus in a way that wasn't on him before he fasted. Now, here's what I'll pause and say. Jesus is God and he was truly God, but he laid his divinity aside in order to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, like Acts 10.38 says, which says he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. He did all of his miracles by the power of this Holy Spirit, not by his own personal divinity. He humbled himself even to the point of the cross. And so he came out with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so this message is to communicate that in your times of prayer and fasting, you and I should expect the power of the Holy Spirit to be present. And you should expect to have a strengthened relationship with the Holy Spirit. You should have a strengthened sensitivity to his voice. And you should expect your holiness, your desire, your peace, your patience and kindness to actually increase in times of prayer and fasting. The question I want to ask us is, is, that you might be asking is, what is happening when I pray and fast? Because... Christians aren't the only ones who fast. Muslims fast. A lot of people who exercise, there's a thing called intermittent fasting where people fast almost every single day for long periods of time. And there's um, Christians fast. And other people fast for different reasons, right? And so fasting isn't in of itself a spiritual thing. And that's why when Jesus tells people to fast, he tells them to pray and fast. What I say, what I always tell people when they're fasting, I say, if you don't pray when you fast, that is unnecessary suffering. You, that is unnecessary suffering because I love food, right? I love food. And if you're not going to pray when you fast, that's just a bad diet. And you don't need to do it. Fasting should always be coupled with dedicated times of, of prayer to God. Prayer with Holy Spirit. Expressing desire to Holy Spirit. And as we do that, it says, God, if you draw close to God, he draws close to you. So these times of prayer and fasting are, are a time where we strengthen our relationship with Holy Spirit. So what is happening when I pray and fast? The first thing that happens is you increase, or it increases sensitivity to Holy Spirit. Increases sensitivity to Holy Spirit. John 4.24 says, God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. So God is spirit. Let's go to the next slide. Here's the reality about us. We as humans are three-part beings. We are body, soul, and spirit. And so we have three-part beings. And when God, who is spirit, communicates or reaches to, to connect with his creation, us, he connects to us at the point of our spirit or our inner person. He doesn't connect to us at the body, although we might feel it on the body. He doesn't connect to us in our soul or our mind, will, and emotions, although that might, that'll influence us. He connects to us at the person of our spirit. The reality about American Christians, and, and really not American Christians, American people and people in general, I would say, is that, but especially in America, because we, have, we live lives of such luxury, is that we are led primarily and dominantly by our body. We are people who are constantly filling our flesh. We are, we 
are the country that has the most obese people, meaning that we are over-consuming food at a rate uh, uh, unlike any other country in the history of the world. That means we're constantly eating, we have constant entertainment, we have phones in our pockets, computers in our pockets, social media, we have demands on our flesh and our body, and oftentimes, if we're not careful, we just get led by our instincts and by our impulses, and we are led by our body. We still come to church, we do our best, we're trying really hard, we want to please God, But ultimately, if we do not get this problem of being led by our body under control, we will never serve God to the capacity that we were called to. And so prayer and fasting is the most prominent and the most tangible way in which we can place the spirit, our spirit, over our body and to say, I'm handing this control over to the Holy Spirit and I refuse, or during this time, I'm not being led by my body. So often our our journey with God or our, our our journey with Christ, it's kind of mystic and mysterious. It's, we're just complicated beings. We have emotions. We have history. We have thoughts. We have thoughts that contradict themselves. We have feelings of shame and condemnation. We have feelings. We have arguments with our spouses and our families. We have all these things. We have goals that we didn't meet. We have expectations on ourselves. We're just complicated beings, right? And sometimes our journey with Christ is somewhat still complicated, mystic, kind of mysterious. And what I found is that through prayer and fasting, it is the most tangible thing that I can do to hand the control or the leadership of my life over to Holy Spirit. Because it's, it's like food, I'm hungry, I can feel it. To like, like I feel hunger. And when, I, and when I don't drink coffee, I get a headache and I feel my headache. Right? And when I, when I resist these things, it's like an alarm. It's like my body. And I'm like, it's crazy. When you start fasting different things that you like, maybe you're an energy, energy drink person, a coffee person, or you're a wine person, or you, you know, whatever it is at night, and you're like, I've had such a stressful day. I just need a drink. Like, we don't realize that those things are actually the thing that we're leaning on to bring us comfort. And it's like when you take those things away, your body's like, ah! And it's crazy that how much our body controls us. Don't even get me into lust and masturbation, pornography, sex, hookups, all these other things that plague us in our sexual realm. All this stuff, and this is the most profound way that you as a Christian follower of Jesus, as a steward of your own life, can say, my body will not control me. My flesh will not control me. I am placing the Spirit as the leadership. So increases sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. This is what it says in Romans 8, 7 through 8. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile towards God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. I'm going to read that first part one more time. For the mind that is set on the flesh, meaning body, material world, instincts, reactions, desires, temptations. It says, The mind that is set in the flesh is hostile towards God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And so prayer and fasting slows us down. Our, our body and our flesh, in a sense, the body's not evil, but it is, it is crying out for the material world. Al, would you help me out? Oh, there's two L's in the front row. Oh my gosh. I was actually meaning you, but that's all right. You'll help me out. You can go sit down. It's a pretty long string, I think. I'll be able to reach. Maybe, maybe, maybe. 
There we go. Yeah, yeah. So kind of, have you ever heard of these, right? Like the telephone game, right? The string and I talk and then you can hear it. I don't know. Can you hear me? I have the microphone, so you should be able to hear me. <laughs> so anyway, this is more for an analogy, right? We're not going to actually test it. So the idea of this game, right, is I whisper, and then the, the, the frequency goes through the string, and it vibrates, and then it can go over to Alan. He can put up his ear, and he can hear it. And so the point is, is that most of us, we want to increase the sensitivity to the Holy Spirit in fasting. And most of us, when we live our lives, we live such loud lives, busy lives, and we say things like, God's just not speaking to me. We say, like, God's just not speaking to me. Like, man, God's speaking to him. He's speaking to her. He's speaking to them. But me, like, God, can, he is distant from me. And all the while, God, you're not God, okay, but you're playing God in this scenario. You're, he's speaking the whole time. He's whispering. He's whispering, trying to get your attention, trying to get your attention. But because your body, food, food, meals, food prep, dishes, this, that, it's like endless, right? There's a meme that says, we do dishes every night until we die. That is the purpose of my life, right? It's like, it's crazy. It's like, like, that's all my life is. All my, that's all our life is dishes, dishes, dishes. Make dishes, dirty dishes. Clean dishes, dishwasher, put it away. Kids break the dishes. It's all that it is, okay? So we go through our lives, busy, 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 flush, flush, flush. God's speaking to us, but we can't hear it. Go, 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 go. God, why? Go to church. I'm at church. I'm like right here, but all the while, because my body's been leading me my whole week, there's no way I'm going to slow down to hear God now because I've been so busy. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, God, I, I kind of hear you at a distance, but then, okay, now we're back. Where are we going to lunch? Wait, no, no, no. You chose last week. I'm choosing this week. You know what I'm saying? We go through our whole life, we're like, God, speak to me. Okay, where are we going to food? It's like, it is such a busy life. We're driven by hunger, desire, temptation, and instincts. And all the while, prayer and fasting slows us down. Prayer and fasting, not fasting. Prayer and fasting slows us down. Where we can actually slow down and hear the still small voice. God is leading your life, whether, like, he's trying to lead your life. He's, he's, he's so much closer than we would ever imagine. And all the while, the flesh, the body, and food is often something that's keeping us from picking up the frequency of God's leadership in our lives. Whether it's with our kids, whether it's, you can actually read this up. Whether it's with our kids, whether it's with sin issues, whether it's with decisions about work and future and family. The, the Holy Spirit wants to be involved in all of it. He's not, he's not a Sunday God. He's a, he is the creator God every day. He wants to be involved in everything. So increase his sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. This is what it says in Galatians 5. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things that you want. So if, you, if we walk by the spirit of God, so if prayer and fasting increases sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, it says if you walk by, meaning if you walk in relationship with Holy Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now here's where I'll, where I'll, where I'll pause and we're going to talk about sin and how prayer and fasting actually is one, of the, one is, the, is one of the best ways that you can overcome an addiction or a sin pattern in your life. Yeah, I'll show you why. So in, in Galatians 5, it says, walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Most Christians are st trying to stop sin without increasing connection to Holy Spirit. 
Does this make sense? So most people feel bad about their sins, so they try to stop sinning without building relationship in a new way with Holy Spirit. And so that's why you always fall back into it. You have like two good months, one good month, six good months. Next thing you know, some, a stress is triggered, something else is triggered. You're right back into it and right back where you started. And oftentimes you're worse off because you're more, you're more hopeless. That's why prayer and fasting increases sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. So now you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. You, might, you, can, you can start overcoming addictions, overcoming sin patterns, overcoming all these things. Because as you increase connection and sensitivity to Holy Spirit, the desires of the flesh and the temptations start to decrease. Or the desire or the influence that they have on your life. It, it, is, it, is a, it is like a balance. And so as we increase sensitivity to the Holy Spirit through prayer and fasting, we'll see that the sin issues in our life start to become uh, less severe because the Holy Spirit is empowered, empowering us to love Jesus and be devoted to the kingdom of God. That's what, that's what solves our sin issues, not us trying harder. Now, you should sorrow for sin. We should grieve our sin, but never to the point where we do it on our own. Or try to overcome the sin on our own. So another thing that um, prayer and fasting can do for us is, or the benefits of it, is that it gives us clarity for our future. Like I said, the Holy Spirit wants to be involved in everything, not just our church life, or our prayer life, or our Bible life. He wants to be involved in every aspect of our life. And so as you increase sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, it's a perfect time. If you have a big decision coming up, if you have big things with your business, if you have things with your, with your family, with your kids, if you have things with a job change, a time of prayer and fasting is, ex- is extremely valuable because it increases the, the sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and you're more likely to make a wise decision on the big life decision that you're in because the Holy Spirit's voice is louder, the volume's turned up, and you're not being led by fear. You're not being led by other factors that aren't the Holy Spirit. Now, obviously, there still is faith that's involved in that. There's never certainty, but the likelihood, the probability of us making better decisions goes up in times of prayer and fasting because it increases our connection to Holy Spirit when it's done, uh, when it's done with purity and with... with uh, when it's done biblically, we'll just say that. And so, prayer and fasting, the power of the Holy Spirit is, is experienced in times of prayer and fasting. So, pray first is our initiative, and here's where I'll maybe stop preaching, and this is just more like real talk for us as humans, because I know that people have issues. So when we're, not issues, we all have issues, but I'm just saying we have different factors, or that's, that, that was the word I was thinking of. So when it comes to prayer and fasting, personally, other, other pastors on staff, I think probably would have different opinions, but a true biblical fast includes food. So there's a trend in America specifically that I grew up with, is that we, for example, I played sports, and so like my excuse for never fasting in high school and college was I played college basketball, I played high school basketball, high school football, I was always training, always working out, and so I was like, I can't fast, are you kidding me? Because then I couldn't work out, can't take my protein shakes, right? I can't practice, I'm going to be depleted, and I'm going to do all these things. And so I always did like, oh, I'll do a social media fast, and those are amazing, right? Y'all should probably just delete social media altogether, but you know, doing a fast is, 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 is pretty good. And so but ultimately, a biblical fast includes food. It includes food. Now, 
Some people have health issues and they have medications that they're on that require them to have food and take their medication with a meal. And I'm not here to say that you should get off your medication. That's not the point. You should go to God and pray with him, seek counsel from a pastor or someone that you respect, and make a wise decision and say, God, I want to fast. And maybe you're saying, like, I'm not comfortable not taking my medication, but I still want to increase sensitivity. Then you need to figure something out that works for you. Maybe it's a partial fast. Maybe it's taking out some foods. Maybe it's eliminating maybe some food that you like or you you can't live without, and then you do things that way. But ultimately, I personally recommend, and I think the Bible bears this out, that skipping at least two meals for a day is a fast. Now, there's a, such thing as a Daniel fast where you eliminate certain foods for a period of time, but ultimately, I'm not here to say, give you a rigid expectation for what you need to do, other than I strongly recommend praying through what foods and for how long you should eliminate foods from your life. Because it's that flesh thing, it's that body thing, that your body cries out for certain foods, your blood sugar levels. All of it is like crying out for food. And if you're able to experience that, it gives you an opportunity to practice taking dominion over your flesh in a way that you can't any other way. And so that's you. I'm going to leave that into your hands and allow you to make a decision on what you, the God is leading you to do in the time of pray first with, as it relates to food and social media. I also highly recommend fasting from social media, probably for the next 40 years. <laughs> and this is, uh, I'm trying to think of where I want to land this plane. This is where I'll close. When we fast, you're ultimately going to, like your body's going to feel it, right? A lot of people, <laughs> when I, when, at least it's just what I hear and sometimes I've thought, like sometimes you go on a fast, right? You're going to skip a meal or, or for a day and then like you're like planning out, right? So you're like, okay, I'm going to fast on Tuesday. Oh man, Wednesday morning, what can I eat on Wednesday? Oh man, babe, go to the grocery store and I want you to buy this, 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 and this because when I'm done fasting, I am going to pig out. That's not how you should fast. When you fast, remember, the purpose is to live a life that's incre like increasing sensitivity to the Holy Spirit so I can experience the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome sin, get direction for my life, and, and experience God's power in my life. So when you fast and your body starts craving, I, I, I'm hesitant because there's always people who pull up the verse. I'm not bragging about my fast, okay? I'm not bragging. But one of the things I, I eliminated for my fast this year is coffee. And I drink coffee every day. Like, this, like today, uh, like I still have it now. I have a raging headache, right? Because uh, the addiction and you're getting off the caffeine. But one of the tips that I learned from a pastor uh, named Dan Moeller, he's on YouTube and stuff, not a guy that I know, but he taught me that he taught, teaches this trick that when your body cries out for something, that you use that as a sign that God is calling you to pray. And so sometimes, like, like you're like, oh, I'm so hungry. It's like, no, I'm not hungry. God's calling me to pray. It's like when I get a headache, it's like, oh, I got a headache. This is awful. I can't believe I just, it's like, no, it's time to pray. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's, and you're actually using your body as a sign to pray instead of 
woe is me, this fast is so hard, oh my gosh, Lord, you better be happy, I'm suffering for you. Like, you're not doing a favor for God when you fast. You're doing, you're doing work to increase sensitivity to the Holy Spirit to live a life that is bigger than you could ever imagine. And so the power of God can flow through you in your family, in your kids, in your coworkers. And so you can just be at peace with every day being led by the Holy Spirit and not being led by our bodies. And so the, the scripture that I anchor this in is in John 4.34. And Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, they had just fed the 4,000. And so then Jesus, they're like, Jesus, are you going to eat something? And Jesus says this, my food said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And so throughout our fast, I personally recommend as a tip that every time your body cries out for food or your body, your blood sugar levels spike and you feel it, right? And you feel the hunger, your stomach's growling, whatever it is, I recommend you memorize this verse and you say, my food is to do the will of my father. My food is to finish the work that he sent me to do. And you just start spraying that scripture over yourself and then you start praying it and then I promise you, you'll still feel hungry, but you'll feel the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You'll feel him right there because God draws close to those who draw close to him. And lastly, when, when we fast, it's just as an anchor for, for us, just as a reminder, Matthew 6, 16 through 18, And when you fast, do not be gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. He will reward you. Doesn't mean that we can't talk about our fast with our close friends. We can't talk about it with our spouse. It just means don't be someone who brags about it. Be someone who takes this fasting not as a as a check mark. I'm I'm, I'm just doing I'm doing some duty for God. No, it's growing your relationship with Jesus. Now, and, and I'll end. I think this is my second closing. I'll end by saying this and bring it back to the quarter. The magician's trick is to deceive you that if if we'll pursue God with a pure heart in this pray first initiative. The distractions, the deceitfulness that the devil is, is, trying, to, is trying to bring to you, the forefront of your mind, those distractions will become more evident. You will see the schemes of the devil, and, but more importantly, you will see the leadership of the Holy Spirit in your life, and you will not be deceived. You will see that the flesh is a liar, and that it is weak, and that the God has given you authority over yourself, and he's given you authority over the emotions and the sin and the temptation that the devil brings at you, and that you are more than a conqueror, and that you are, are anointed to live a life that is significant in the kingdom of God. And that the Holy Spirit's still small voice will become louder and louder and louder as we give leadership of our life back to the Holy Spirit in this Pray First initiative. Would you guys pray with me? Tonight I talked a lot about the Holy Spirit. Most people have heard of Jesus and know some things about him, especially coming off of the Christmas season. Less people know about the Holy Spirit. 
But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit has come to testify about Jesus. Meaning that when the Holy Spirit is present and he is working in someone's life, the Holy Spirit is trying to get our attention, our faith, and our eyes open to the work that Jesus finished, which was to come to earth as a baby, to live a sinless life, to die on the cross for the sins of humanity, and to destroy the works of the devil through the resurrection from the dead. And the devil deceives and he, try, and he distracts people away from their, from their destiny. And he distracts people away from Jesus so that they might not receive the free gift of salvation. But the Holy Spirit will work inside of your heart in this mystic way to awaken your heart and your mind to, to believe and to have faith in the resurrection and in the person of Jesus. To forgive sin and to make you a brand new person and welcome you into the family of God. And if you're here, maybe you've known about Jesus, but you've never given him your allegiance. Maybe you've never, maybe you're an atheist, agnostic, and you're searching, and you are, are, are feeling the tug and the nudging of God to give your life over to this man, Jesus. I want to give you that opportunity tonight. On the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. When you raise your hand, I'm going to pray with you. But when you raise your hand, it's not, it's not anything special. It's an outward expression of what the Holy Spirit and what God is doing on the inside of you. And so if you want to make that decision tonight, if you want to draw that line in the sand to say, you know, from this point on, I'm following Jesus. I'm feeling the drawing of a loving God on my life. And I'm ready to start living a new life to have my sins forgiven. If that's you, on the count of three, I'm just going to have you raise your hands. One, two, three. Raise them up. I'd love to pray with you. If you're online, if you're online, just wait a second. I'm going to give you some directions. If anyone in the room who wants to make that decision, I want to pray with you. Awesome. Well, we're still going to pray as a family. So would everyone just repeat after me? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit. Would you help me in these next 21 days? Would you increase my sensitivity to the Holy Spirit? Would you open my eyes to see your work in my life? Would you help me overcome sin? Would you draw me to find my purpose with more clarity than ever before? In Jesus' name, amen.